G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. The story. In my life, I thought, you know what? What can God see out of me? I'm like just nothing. I've messed up so much, you know? And he said, Tim, I don't know about you. God has already chosen you for something. And he's not going to let you go until you finish what you have to do for him. And he said, God has a specific calling for you. You might not understand it right now, but he really loves you. G'day, I'm Jimmy Colfax. Welcome to The Story. Well, our guest today is once again Timothy Daniel from Sri Lanka. Last time we heard how his family became Christians and involved in various ministries. Then we also heard Timothy's story and how he was miraculously healed after being pronounced dead by doctors when he was only one year old. Eventually, Timothy was blessed by an Australian family who sponsored him. This broke the cycle of poverty that his family had been in and allowed him to get a good education. But this did not stop Timothy from going through some significant struggles in his teenage years, where he almost died after he had become suicidal. Today, we'll hear what happened next in Timothy's life after he miraculously survived a brush with death and God had gotten his attention. He then went to church and bumped into his youth pastor. Once again, Timothy Daniel is chatting with Eric Scadabo in our Melbourne studios. As I was leaving down, my youth pastor caught me. Oh. And he said, hey, Tim, I haven't seen you for youth for a long time. You know, what's happening? You know, you, your exams are coming up in six months and how things are going. So I said, no, I got expelled from school and you know this. And what? Really? What happened? Mm. And for some reason, he dragged me to a corner where there was a, a cemented stool there. He sat down with me and I said, hey, tell me what's happening. Why? What happened? And for some reason, I just opened my life out and I just spoke to him I told him very how, honestly I was very honest mm. I didn't want to but I don't know I think I would I believe it's the Holy Spirit that verbally just put it out of me mm. and I finished saying and I took out the cyanide tablet and I showed him I said this is my last option mm. and I shared with him all the experiences I had even what happened on Friday night Yeah, he just looked at me didn't know what to say next and he said Timothy I don't know what to tell you and he just pulled out his Bible and he turned the scriptures to John 15 verse 16. And he says, you did not choose me, but I have chosen you to go and bear fruit and fruit that will last. And he said, Tim, I don't know about you. You don't have to choose God. God has already chosen you for something and he's not going to let you go until you finish what you have to do for him. And he said, God has a specific calling for you. You might not understand it right now, but he really loves you. Because in my life, I thought, you know what? What can God see out of me? I'm like just nothing. I've mm. messed up so much, you know? Mm. There's nothing good that will come out of me. Because those were ringing. What the principal told me in school, nothing good will ever come out of you mm. were the words that always rang in my head. Mm. And I didn't do anything good. All mm. my acts and deeds I did were all to harm, hurt, and out of anger and all mm. those things. And he gave me a book, Run Baby Run, Nikki Cruz's story. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, he gave uh, me Nikki that Cruz. book. Nikki Cruz... Was from a slum in some ghetto yes, in the United in States. Yeah, 
And becomes a, a Christian and a minister. Yes. So he gave me that little book. It was a small run, baby, run, the testimony mm-hmm. of Mickey Cruz. He said, read this book, read this verse again, and you decide what you want to do. That's all he said. He prayed for me. And then I went home with this book, the cyanide tablet in one hand, run, baby, run on one hand. I went home and I sat down and I started reading this book. And it really, that book spoke volumes into my life, seeing Nicky Cruz's mm-hmm. life. Yeah, as I'm thinking about it. I saw a play of his life, and he was a gang member in a slum in the United States. So you obviously could relate to him. Yeah. And he kept running away from God, mm-hmm. even yeah. though I, I, I remember the story where Dave Wilkinson kept going to him, and he said no. Mm-hmm. And he couldn't receive that love from God because he thought he was so messed up. Mm-hmm. But what I saw through that, what spoke through me was, God loves me for who he made me to be, mm-hmm. not of what I have done. Hmm. I understood the actual true love of God through that. And it doesn't matter how messed up you are. God's love can still reach out to you. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. what he has planned and destined for you is going to happen. Doesn't matter what's happening around you. He has you. And that was something that spoke so much into my life. I read that I was almost in tears after reading the story and I took the Bible, I tried to look for my Bible, I found my Bible. I turned to John 15:16. And that verse just stood out to me in big bold letters. You did not choose me. I chose you. And I questioned God saying, Lord, why did you choose me? There are so many good people in mm-hmm. this nation. Mm-hmm. There are so many learned. There are so many ministers who are mm-hmm. so good. They've lived a good life and all that. Why me? I've messed up. There's nothing good you can do for me. There's nothing you can I can do. Mm. And I'm almost going to not have an education as well because if I don't pass my year 12, I can't get a basic job. But I felt God saying no. And I lied down on my bed with the book in my hand and I saw a dream. And the dream was my mom and dad rushing into hospital with a baby child. Mm-hmm. And uh, I got up and I went to my dad and I asked him what happened. And dad went to his cabinet and he pulled out this chit and he gave me this chit and on the chit it said, Name of child, Timothy Daniel, time of death, reason of death. Oh, wow. So I was 15 when I knew that story. Oh, you hadn't heard happened. of, of that I had before. never heard of it before. Oh, okay. Even though I shared it now before. Yeah, yeah. But I only heard it that day mm-hmm. from my dad. Oh, so you knew God saved your life. After that, I looked at yeah. it and I'm like, and my dad would always say, now you're not first Timothy, you're second Timothy. <laughs> <laughs> A Christian joke. <laughs> and he said, <laughs> he said, I will give you this chit, but not right now. When the time is right, I will hand this paper to you. But this is for me as a mark of what mm. God did in your life. Yeah. So when I went back to my room and I looked at everything that happened and hearing this story, God gave me life when I was a year old, mm-hmm. when I died. I said, Lord, you seriously must be having some sort of a love for me or, you know, something. Yeah. And I remember I knelt down on my bed that day. And I said, Lord, I don't have much I can offer you. I messed up. You've blessed me with so many good things. You gave me an opportunity to study and, you know, mm. live a good yeah, life. sponsorship. And sponsorship. Mm. Lord, I just threw all that away and, you know, but still you love me. And you think you can do something with me? Here I am, God. Mm. I'll do anything for you. If you think you can use me to bear fruit and fruit that will last, here I am, God. Mm. 
And I prayed that prayer and I asked Jesus to come into my life. I was 16 then. And I felt a sudden change in my... Every fear went away. The anger I had, I just felt a release and I felt such a joy that came mm. into my life. And I was like, wow. Then I said, Lord, we have an issue. Is I need to get my exam through. I have only six months. Yeah, so your heart's changed. Yep. Your relationship with the Lord has changed. But yet still, as a practical matter, if you don't get a year 12 education, your future is very, very limited. Yep, very limited. Mm. So I remember I went up to Cynthia and I told her, you know what, I want to sit for the exam. I want to study. So she graciously... And so even though you were expelled, you were still able to take the exam? I could sit for it privately. I couldn't sit for it through the school. Oh, okay. I'll have to pay for it privately mm-hmm. and sit for it privately. Mm-hmm. So I told Cynthia, I want to do this, you know, and I told her, I'm different now. I really feel I want to get through this, you know. Mm-hmm. So she was gracious enough. She found a place where I would tutor me for six months on what I had missed. Mm-hmm. And she paid for the exams privately so that I could sit for it privately, the subjects that I wanted to mm-hmm. sit for. So I chose my subjects. I really prayed. I said, Lord, I need a miracle. I need to get through this. And I went there, studied, got through. I passed my exams. Praise God. And uh, I was like, wow, this is amazing. you know. And I said, Lord, you know what? And I followed on from there. I did my higher studies. I did my education in IT. Mm-hmm. So I did my diploma, advanced diploma, and then I graduated in IT. And so you turned your educational life completely, completely around. Completely around. Yeah. And uh, I studied, got so many jobs, offers. I was applying for the workforce. I said, no, now it's time, you know, let me go earn some money, get yeah. a nice house, drive yeah. a flashy car, you know, <laughs> all that dreams. <laughs> you know, I That's had That's what plans. you were thinking at that point. At that point. And I applied. And within a week, there were so many companies that wanted me. Wow, you had really turned yourself around. And uh, I got all these things, and I remember sitting down with God, and I said, Lord, where do I go? Which place is best for me? Mm-hmm. So I read, I I know it might sound silly, but you know, that much of a relationship I had built with God over that. Mm-hmm. And he was my closest friend for mm-hmm. me. And I sat down, I said, Lord, this is the place, you know, and this is the benefit it's giving. And he's like, no, okay, next one. <laughs> <laughs> and I went through the, I came to the last paper, and I said, Lord, there's nothing under this, if you can see, this is the last sheet of paper. <laughs> And I read it and it was amazing. It had like so many good benefits. I had to travel abroad for work and things like that. And you know, everything you flexible wanted, hours. Yeah. And I'm like, Lord, this is it. You kept the best for last, <laughs> you know? And God's like, no. And I'm like, are you serious? Or is there something better coming in the mail tomorrow, <laughs> you know? And he's like, no. I was like, what do you want me to do? And God really spoke to me because while I was studying, Cynthia got me to teach computer for the slum children part-time. Oh, okay. So uh, you were involved in some I was ministry. involved in some sort of a ministry then mm-hmm. because she said, I was free. I had only classes two days a week. So she mm-hmm. said, the rest of the day, why don't you teach the slum kids, the teen kids computer? I'm like, oh, okay, fine. So two computers, mm-hmm. I was just teaching them that. So God brought all those kids' faces, the young teenagers' mm-hmm. kids' faces to my mind. I'm like, what yeah. are you sure? What are you trying to tell me? And God put in my heart, you got the opportunity. You were able to come out. You recognize, you you experienced the love of God, you experienced mm. Him, and now you can go do whatever you want because you've got a good qualification education. But who's going to stay and share my love to these kids? Mm. I said, Lord, if I go there, I'm not going to get paid to work there. <laughs> yeah. What happened? But I felt in my heart everything which God did for me. And it brought me that verse, John 15, 16. Mm. He's chosen me to bear fruit. 
And I knew the fruit was through teens, through kids, and through youth. So I closed that book in my life, or my ambitions, my dreams. Oh, okay, all those job opportunities. Job, I closed everything, mm. and I said, "Lord, I'm opening a book, empty, a blank sheet of paper. I'm going to sign it at the bottom. You fill in what you want me to do." Hmm. Completely surrendering. Completely. And I went and told Cynthia, "I want to come and work for you full time." She said, "I can't pay you for your qualification." I said, "I'm not looking for pay. I just want to serve these kids. I want to be in ministry." So March 2003, I stepped into full-time ministry, serving kids, teens, and youth in the slum areas. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's been 20 years since I've been working with kids and teens oh, and youth. Oh wow! Fantastic. You're listening to the story. Today, Eric Scadabo is once again chatting with Timothy Daniel from Sri Lanka. We just heard how he completely surrendered his life to the Lord and began serving in full-time children's ministry. Next, we'll hear the incredible ways that God has been using him in that role. All that and more is coming up when we return. If this program has highlighted something you'd like prayer for, we'd love to pray for you. Call one eight hundred Pray for Me. That's one eight hundred seven seven two nine three six. It's a free call, or text o four o one one three two triple eight. Hi, I'm Jimmy Colfax, and this is the story. Our guest today is once again Timothy Daniel from Sri Lanka. Before the break, we heard how Timothy completely surrendered his life to the Lord after he had gone through a rebellious period and contemplated suicide. But God completely turned his life around, and he began serving full time in kids ministry. Now here's more of Timothy chatting with Eric Scadabo. And has your ministry borne fruit? It has. So we've seen almost sixty thousand kids come to the Lord. Sixty thousand. Through that twenty years, wow! And is that through helping kids in the slums and slum all areas? Mm-hmm. And we've done evangelistic programs in mm-hmm. different areas. So we focus more on giving the word, the evangelism, the gospel. Mm-hmm. And so we host different sorts of carnivals in kids. So we go to different villages mm-hmm. and we host this mega carnival sort of a thing. And uh, where we have popcorn, candy floss, we put mm-hmm. the bouncing castle and all these, and kids come and enjoy that. And then we have a time where we share the gospel with mm-hmm. them. We feed them. Mm-hmm. And we have kids that will walk up and give their lives to Christ at the end mm. of the day. And uh, I remember this now, one. Now, some people are going to say, "Oh well, they like the fairy floss and all that." <laughs> But are you seeing that these children actually are growing in their yeah. relationship with the Lord? So one story I'll share, mm-hmm. which which will actually impact, which impacted me, which actually blew my mind away, mm-hmm. was we went to this village, very interior in Sri Lanka, mm-hmm. and. Um, We traveled quite a distance to get there. We had a, a team of ten uh, of us that traveled, and we went and we started. We went, and we had I had badges with a smiley face, mm-hmm. a pin, you know, and to give every child so that that day today is your day of being happy, right? So as they come, they get in a pin and they walk into the. So we had this entire thing festival running, and the lady who was giving out the pins came to me and said, "We've run out of pins." I was like, you cannot run out of pins. There are two hundred pins there. Mm-hmm. There's yeah. only hundred and seventy-five kids. Yeah. <laughs> no, we've run out of pins. There are a heap of kids waiting still. And I went near the gate, and I saw a heap, massive lineup of children. And just after that, there was a dump truck that came, and there were children getting out of the dump truck. Oh. 
I'm like, man, we didn't plan for this. Yeah. So I said, it's okay, get them in. And we had about 375 kids that had come. Oh, wow. Are these children from neighboring villages? What had gone around. Because oh, okay. it was the first time yeah. they've ever had an event like this happen mm-hmm. in their village. Mm-hmm. So we started the program. We had all the kids had fun. It was so packed. I couldn't, when I, where I stood, there was a child sitting right next to my feet because there was no room in that hall. It mm-hmm. was packed out. And uh, we did the songs. We did the craft time. And we did some uh, games with them and stuff like that. After we had that, I shared the story. I shared a gospel message. I shared a, a drama, with a skit with the children. And I opened it out because this village had never heard about Jesus. And I opened it out and I told I'm going to share it about a person who wants to have a relationship with you. And his name is Jesus. How many of you want to give your lives to Jesus? 90% of the kids stood up. 90%? Wow. They all stood up. said, we want to give our lives to Jesus. Adults raised their hands. And I couldn't give an altar call because there was no room for an altar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I said, if you would say this prayer with me, and they prayed with me. And after that, God put it in my heart, open it out for a time of prayer if they need any needs, you know. And I thought maybe a few people will come up, you know, if they need prayer. So I got my mm. team to stand. And I said, look, if any of you have anything you want from God, you want God to come through in your life, walk up to the front. I want to pray for you. So I expected maybe about a 50, 60 people, everyone stood up wanting to come for prayer. Oh, wow. So there's about 450 people wow. with only 10 of us volunteers. Oh, my goodness. So... We had another time, logistics to line, line them all up. We lined them all up and, you know, we stood there. And I remember a 12-year-old girl walked up to me for prayer. So I asked, what do you want God to do in your life? And so she opened a, she had a shawl wrapped around her hand. She took the shawl off and she said, and I could see all boils mm. on her hand. So I said, what happened? So she said she has to walk three kilometers to get water for her home. And that day when she went to have a wash and take take water, that water had got contaminated with a sewage pipe leak from somewhere, oh. which caused an allergic reaction in her mm. hand. And she's tried all sorts of medications and nothing is happening. It's just mm. getting worse. Yeah. And it had started moving up into her face area. And she said, I can't go to school and you know, all that. Mm. I want God to heal me. So I told her, look, it's not me. I said, it's God. It's the Holy Spirit. You believe God can heal you? She said, yes. Then I said, let's pray and believe and agree together. We prayed, asked Lord to heal her. We prayed for her. Said Amen. She took her shawl off. Every boil had disappeared. Her eyes just lit up like bulbs. Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine a twelve-year-old girl? The excitement, yeah. right? Yeah. She pulled up her sleeve and she's like, "What? <laughs> Where did it go?" And uh, she was so shocked. She gave me a big hug, and I felt the Holy Spirit telling me, "said Ask her to pray for the next child." Mm. So I said, look, I want you to pray for the next boy. She said, I don't know how to pray. I don't know what to say. I said, like you're talking to me, you can talk to Jesus. Mm. If God can use me, he can use you. There's Mm. nothing magic in my hands. Mm. And uh, so I said, I'll be behind you. Don't worry. So she turned around. I stayed behind her. She called the next boy. There was an eight-year-old boy who walked out. And she asked, what do you want God to do? And he said, I have blurry vision. I can't see. And there's no way to get their eyes tested or, you know, anything. She said, I can't go to school. I can't see the board. I can't write. I want to see clearly. So she said, do you believe God can heal you? The same way I repeated, she repeated Hmm. to him. Hmm. And that was the quickest prayer I've ever heard. She kept her hands on his eyes. And she's like, Jesus, heal his eyes. Amen. And took her hands off. (laughs) And she's like, can you see? Can you see? 
and this boy started tearing mm. and after tearing and he wiped his eyes and all that he says i can see clearly mm. i can see your dress i can see i can see this brother i can see and she turned around to me and said it worked wow. <laughs> and uh, then she said now you received something from god i want you to pray for the next child mm. and what we saw there was at the end we just stayed in the back and we saw kids praying for the kids mm. and they didn't have they, a church they had never prayed before they never prayed before mm. they never heard about it yeah. but they experienced god mm. and the kids i remember this this 12 year old girl this 8 year old boy and there was a 14 year old boy who walked up to me and said ayya ayya means brother how do we learn more about this god because mm. there's no church there was nothing there so i found a couple there who had given their lives to christ i gave them a bible i said i want you to start in your home this girl said i will lead it this boy said we will lead it we will do this mm. and 5 years ago we went back to that village mm. to see how it had been and this girl walked up she's finished her studies and all that and you know she said it's it's just exploded here wow in that we, area we built a, a physical church for them there was a person who donated a land for us mm-hmm. to build a church we mm-hmm. built a church this girl how she said we started was i just used to go every sunday read the bible and we would just pray in that home that's all mm-hmm. we knew mm-hmm. we would just read passages and just pray but now she preaches the word of god and that village has been one for god wow amazingly fantastic now you've been doing this since 2003 yes and now what brings you to australia so see our ministry is a faith based ministry mm-hmm. um we really believe i just believe god we've been coming through ministry has been going we've never had big organizations that funded us and did things so every month we believe god to provide mm-hmm. and he always has mm-hmm. he has come through even in the last moment god has come through there were times my accountant would come and say you know we only got 5000 rupees in the bank mm-hmm. you know we're starting the month with 5000 rupees in the bank but we have so much stuff to do and i said no we just believe i i always said this is not my work god this is your work mm-hmm. i'm just your laborer here we should say that at this point you're the ceo of yes what indeed mm-hmm. and uh, i don't know god come out so i actually came here this time i've come to australia is to build partners with mm-hmm. us who'll partner mm-hmm. with us on mm-hmm. this vision and uh, the vision here is mainly for giving out the gospel bringing the kingdom of god into the hearts of children because god gave me a vision in 2010 that sri lanka will be one for christ through children and that's the vision i'm working towards mm-hmm. So my goal is to reach every village in Sri Lanka with the gospel mm. and to strike a fire there where that fire will ignite. Mm. And where there are no churches, we plant churches there, but where there are churches, we work with the local churches in mm. the area, bring them together so that those children who give their lives to Christ, those families who give their lives to Christ, we connect them to the churches near their area mm. because we are not a church. Mm. and we'll connect them to whatever church that's nearby and then we spend time training and equipping the churches as well to run mm. kids ministries there was one church where one area where we did a program and we hosted a program and we did this and when we did the program we implemented a, a, a Sunday school a kids church mm. you know in 2018 this pastor calls me and he says you know what timothy we have two services 
because our kids church is bigger than our congregation oh wow <laughs> there's more children than mm. our congregation wow so we have moved to the sunday school area and we've given the church premises for <laughs> kids church <laughs> oh wow flipped it around which is amazing yeah because that's the generation we need to reach out to oh yeah and uh, he said it's amazing to see kids come and lead worship they're praying they're having fasting and all night prayer services and kids are the ones who are right up in front mm. praying for our nation praying for people doing things that is what i want to see and that's what i want to take into different parts of sri lanka and mm-hmm. leave mm-hmm. now while you're here in australia you're sharing with young people how are they responding to your story i mean obviously there's a lot of young people in australia going through struggles as well are they resonating with what you've been through yes so some of them i've i've spoken i spoke at a youth camp uh, when i just arrived a mm-hmm. few weeks and i remember i shared my story and sometimes it's hard for them to believe it but i i said you're never far out for god to reach out to you mm-hmm. and sometimes we just push away push away push away push away but god's love is real and the person called jesus he's real i experienced him he's real mm-hmm. he's not a mm-hmm. myth he's not someone people talk about mm-hmm. it's not a fantasy he's a real person who actually cares about you like even if you're a christian who's listening out there a young mm-hmm. person who's mm-hmm. really thought about you know where is my life heading is this mm-hmm. god is this, i'm following this because my parents are christians mm-hmm. i'm following mm-hmm. maybe you're saying i'm a christian because my parents are christians but i would encourage you to pray and ask god to experience god because mm. when you experience god you'd never turn away from that and that's what i learned when nikki cruz experienced god that day at the rally that mm. was what changed him mm. not anything else for me that encounter and experience i had with god is what changed me mm. Mm. and i've had struggles in ministry it wasn't been easy yeah it's not easy i had struggles i had to go through times where i really questioned god lord mm. what are you doing mm-hmm. but god pushed me to a level of faith you know to trust him not man mm-hmm. put mm-hmm. your fix your eyes on me and uh, that pulled me through and i always anchor to that verse god gave me you chose me to go and bear fruit and fruit that will last mm-hmm. i didn't choose you i didn't choose this ministry god you chose me to do this mm-hmm. that means you look after me that's mm-hmm. how word and deed came And that's the name of the ministry, Word Indeed Lanka, and you are the CEO yes. of that ministry. Meanwhile, your sister Rebecca is over with another ministry, Wings of Hope. Wings of Hope. Yep. And your parents are they still involved? My dad is a pastor, so he's involved in helping with us and you know he looks after us some of our things and yeah, we're all involved in ministry. Wow, fantastic. Thank you so much for sharing your story with us today. Thank you Eric. It has been a, actually it's been an honor to come and share with you of what God is doing in Sri Lanka. Well, that was part two of Eric Scadabo's conversation with Timothy Daniel, who's the CEO of Word and Deed Lanka, located in Colombo, Sri Lanka. To find out more about this kids' ministry and all the wonderful outreach programs they're running, you can go to their Facebook page. It's Word and Deed Lanka, L-A-N-K-A. Once again, that's Word and Deed Lanka on Facebook. Finally, we'll end today with Timothy's favorite verse, which as we heard has played a significant role in his life. It comes from John chapter 15 verse 16 where Jesus says, "You did not choose me, but I have chosen you. I have set you apart for bearing fruit 
and your fruit will last. Timothy learned that God had a specific calling for his life and is never going to give up on him. God is always going to keep on loving him and equipping him for the rest of his life. Well, how about you? God has a specific purpose and plan for your life as well. Have you discovered what the Lord has in mind for you? If you'd like to pray with someone about just that, our prayer line is 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's one 800 We'd love to pray with you. On that number again, one 800 Well, thanks for joining us for part two of Timothy Daniel's incredible story and his insights into ministry in Sri Lanka. Until next time, I'm Jimmy Colfax, encouraging you to share your story with someone today. The story. Just another way vision is helping you look to God daily. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.